Hello and welcome to the Com Majors Podcast. I'm Brian Costello. And I'm Jim DeSanto. And today we're looking at the 1993 Bill Murray comedy Groundhog Day. But first, as always, we ask the most pressing question of every episode. What are we drinking this episode? What do you have for us this week, Jim? Four Roses single barrel bourbon. Always a go-to when I am um, not sure what I want. Solid. Simple. Uh, I am continuing my yards uh, kick, thanks to my brother Kevin. I am drinking Brawler, delicious champion ale. Um, when always you, a good uh, choice. When you want to have, when you want to go a few rounds. I think that's their uh, the slogan of the Brawler. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, it's a great one. We've talked yeah. about that before, though. Uh, okay, so fact check from last week. Remember, last week we did our first Star Wars film uh, yeah. of the show, Solo, A Star Wars Story. Uh, it was also our most interactive episode ever uh, over 120 comments uh, during the episode uh, so for those who watch Facebook again uh, us on Facebook when we do the episodes live thank you for commenting and joining in <coughs> if you're somebody who listens to the show on the podcast and we have a number of people who uh, prefer to do it that way uh, feel free to share your comments either on Facebook after you listen to the episode or always feel free to share a audio uh, um, response with us yeah. at our uh, email commajors at gmail.com and we will share your comment via our audio fan response yeah and if you uh, if you know us personally feel free to text us a, a yes. voice message we'll take them that way as well all right. Uh, also, last week we referenced the fact that uh, Jeff Bridges uh, had tweeted out an image of himself as the dude uh, for what we knew was obviously going to be some kind of Super Bowl commercial. Uh, <laughs> we speculated what said commercial would be, and was not uh, three men and a and a baby. little Lebowski, little Lebowski, uh, yeah. which would have been better than what we got. <clears throat> Yeah. Would have been better when we got. Uh, we knew it was going to be some kind of advertisement. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I was less than thrilled that we've waited 20 some odd years for him to reprise this character in some way. Um, and it was a beer commercial, which I would maybe be OK with. I thought the idea of it. The iconic idea that he is going to ask for a Stella instead of a white Russian, uh, but they ruined it with making him be in the commercial with Carrie Bradshaw from Sex and the City. Yeah. And in my feeling made him second bill to Carrie Bradshaw from Sex and the City, Sarah <laughs> Jessica Paul. Um, so I'll, I'll, I knew it was going to I was I was hoping it was for something bigger. Yeah. Than what it was. Yeah, and I, I guess mean, you, yeah, I guess you could argue Stella does that whole thing with the water. You know, they donate when Matt Damon was in last yeah. year's. But if you're going to have the dude make a reappearance, could we have made it for something? I, I'm, I'm, I'm still a little shocked. A, that he did it. B, that the Coens were down with it. I, I don't, there must have been a boatload of cash. I don't Besides know. Besides all of that, can we talk about how shitty a beer Stella is? I just, I don't know if I think I've maybe had that once <clears throat> in my life. It's, it's shitty. It's a shitty beer. And people love it. I, I don't know why. I think do people, people feel really fit. love it. Who loves I, it? I know. Do, who, I who actually it? know some people that love that beer. And to me, it's a green bottle shitty beer. I just it it, it tastes skunked ninety percent of the time. I I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I 
I have a I don't like <clears throat> beer served out of a green bottle. Heineken's no. another one. I don't Heineken's like Heineken. Terrible. I think it's horrible taste. Uh, though Yingling, a dark green Yingling lager. Lager's I do. terrible. You don't like the Yingling lager? No. Uh, maybe anymore. I'm, I don't know. Stella, that was just upsetting. Uh, last week, our instant reaction was the king, uh, the kid who will be king. Yeah. Uh, and unfortunately, we were both very excited about that. Um, well, it's still getting great it, reviews. Great reviews. Unfortunately, it was a massive box office bomb yeah. uh, projected to lose over 50 million. I still want to yeah, see yeah. it. I still uh, Claire is interested in it. And I think uh, from the reviews have been great. So maybe it will turn into one of those movies that um, people love, yeah. you know, people will watch and things like that. But uh, unfortunately, it was not a box office success. Right, right, right. Maybe we'll watch it on the show. Yeah, because it sounds like it could be on Netflix in about two weeks. Yeah, so we might be able to watch this uh, within the next month that, on that would uh, be streaming funny. service. And if it is, we'll, we'll do that because I'm I'm interested in that. Uh, and finally, uh, if you follow us on social media, uh, we we ask uh, and add some questions uh, during the week for those people who follow us. Uh, I have decided. Um, Randomly, I was just reading an article on the AFI Top 100 Films, mm -hmm. and it was one of those things to check off and see how many you had actually seen. Uh, and oh, I was yeah. surprised that I had, I think it was 57 out of the 100. Wow. Um, which it was which, a little Which list were you using? The AFI Top 100. Not so by... They have different genre ones. I was okay. using the, the, the Top 100 one. And um, the most recent one they put out? Yes. Top one, most recent Top 100. Um... So I've decided I'm going to attempt to rewatch <clears throat> all of them. So I'm not even going to count the fact the 57 I've seen. I'm just going to rewatch them. I was going to try to do it in order. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I realized that it's a lot cheaper and easier just to do it via whichever ones are streaming. Uh, and there are a lot of them actually streaming between Prime and Netflix. Oh, I'm sure. And watch yeah. tons of them. So I'm going to do that. But we asked a question on social media. What is, you know, what is your favorite top? 100 and uh, we got some uh, some good responses a couple Casablancas uh, which I um, have seen a long time ago I want to rewatch that one Yeah, yeah. Uh, Dr. Shivago, Wonderful Life Yankee Doodle Dandy uh, Jerry our friend of the show wanted to know if Fast and the Furious was one of the top 100 films <laughs> uh, shockingly no uh, Professor Holmes our, our, our amazing communications teacher said you can't pick because it's like picking favorite students which i called bs on because yeah. clearly she i would have picked student. uh yeah that might be true that might be no, true i, I, I will that give you true. that i think i was her maybe a, a biggest <laughs> i was certainly not her favorite student um but so i'm going to rewatch that uh we have actually watched one afi top 100 film have we uh yes, we let have. me guess Yes. Uh, Raiders. Raiders of Raiders. the Lost Ark. Yeah, yeah, Raiders is the, the yeah. only one we've done so far. Okay. And we've done some good ones, but we've done that. So I'm, I will do that. So I will keep peep everybody in the loop. I'm giving myself no time parameters for this at all. We talked uh, about To Kill a Mockingbird. We did. So maybe I'll watch that. Yeah. Well, I will at some point. Uh, <clears throat> But so I'll keep everybody in the loop on that. And we'll probably do some of the AFI Top 100 films. Uh, and there's a great AFI Top 100 podcast. Yeah, yeah, unspooled. unspooled. They're they're using an older list though. I want to say it was 2007 version, um, oh. because they didn't want it. They wanted to be slightly removed from um, 
proximity bias, I think is what okay. we call it. But uh, yeah. yeah, so like they they just wanted to use an older list, which yeah. which was fine. But it's probably a lot of the same <clears throat> films, is my guess. They they're move probably... up and down, I think. Um, yeah, and there might be something on there relatively, you know, new. new. Yeah, yeah. So so the, I think I'm going off the 2007 list as well, yeah. just because contemporary. I, I agree, contemporary right. movies kind of move past. All right, so that is fact check. All right, so now we're on to the 1993 Bill Murray movie, Groundhog mm -hmm. Day. Uh, Jim, why don't you give us a quick rundown of what Groundhog Day is about? <laughs> Groundhog Day is about um, Bill Murray's character. Um, Phil Connor. Phil Connor, who is a Pittsburgh weatherman um, and a complete asshole. Just yes. a self-absorbed jerk who thinks he deserves better than to be working in uh, Pittsburgh. Uh, who is sent to uh, Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania, to cover the uh, the ground cover Groundhog Day, which is you know the biggest Groundhog Day celebration uh, in the country, where Punxsutawney Phil lives, the groundhog that supposedly will see a shadow or not, and then declare if uh, winter is sticking around for six more weeks. Um, and while he's there. Uh, he is somehow doomed to repeat the same day, Groundhog Day, over and over again um, for no apparent reason. Um, and basically the, the story is about how, uh, you know, how he makes use of his, you know, of his time reliving the same day over and over again. Um, yeah, that's that's pretty much the uh, the rundown. <laughs> Of Groundhog Day. Yeah. Uh, all right. Production-wise, Groundhog Day was conceived um, based off Frederick Nietzsche's The Gay Science, which described a man living the same day over and over again. Right off the bat, I have to say this. Anybody who ever starts quote, quoting Nietzsche uh -huh. or talking about Nietzsche is usually a big fraud, Yeah. in my opinion. I, I specifically won't name the person, but I there was somebody in college <laughs> yeah. who was constantly he talking watched, he about- He watched The Matrix a little yeah, too much. Talking about Nietzsche and it the media, all this. Yeah, it was, life must be exhausting when you do that. Yeah. Uh, so this person was a little pretentious. Uh, the yeah. well, both the person and the writer of this film, and had written this film not so much as a comedy, um, but the concept was bought into uh, by Harold Ramis, mm -hmm. uh, Ramis, and um, they kind of started to write it as a comedy. Yeah, uh, and they twisted it and turned it into the film we see. Uh, okay, a couple of people considered for the role of Phil Connor, which I found really okay. Hit me with it. Uh, Chevy Chase, Steve yeah, Martin. Steve Martin. Okay. John Travolta. Oh, no. Now, do you got to remember John Travolta was coming off of um, Look Who's Talking right, at this right, point. So, right. okay, this is it. Um, Tom Hanks was actually the person that was really wanted. Um, I can see that. And actually, Hanks, after he saw the film, <clears throat> called Harold, Harold Ramis and said, uh, yeah, thank you for not casting me in this. Yeah, because, he, he because couldn't do he, that, never would have. He said, you never would have believed that I was an asshole. You just would have been waiting for me to turn. Right. And it wouldn't have been as believable. Right, uh, right, the, right. Apparently, the, the guy who really turned it down, though, was Michael Keaton. Ah, well, what was, this? was this around the time of? Uh, well, it was a little after. Uh, it was a little after Batman, but but really, uh, Harold Ramis, who was great friends <clears throat> with um, Bill Murray at the time, yeah. uh, really, and had worked on Stripes, Ghostbusters, you know, all these movies with him, had always kind of wanted him, 
and um, and they thought he had everything that they needed. Uh, now, one of the interesting things I found about this movie is originally the time loop wasn't supposed to. Well, it's not explained, as you said, in the movie. Right, they were going right. to try to overtly explain it as a curse from a gypsy or something. Yeah. And then they said, that's just going to be stupid. So yeah. we're not doing that. And also the film was originally supposed to start with Bill Murray just waking up. OK, so well, no, no, no. Yeah lead in and all and they said that probably just won't work um so when they finally got murray this is how he did it because he's a weird i mean he just kind of marched the beat of his own drum bill murray he drives up to the hollywood studio he walks in he uh trevor albert is the producer harold ramus is in the office Mm -hmm. he walks into the office and says um sits down he goes you know what just walk with me walks outside to his maserati Gets in his Maserati, pulls away, pulls down the window, turns out and goes, "Uh, "Okay, I want to do it. And then just drives off. No discussion about the movie. (laughs) And then they can't find them. And Groundhog Day starts its production. And we get the film. So why don't we start out with Bill Murray? Because in essence, it's a film that he is in almost every scene. Right. He is the only good thing. For me, he's the only good thing about this movie. It is pretty like it is pre- the first 40 minutes of this movie are pretty brutal. It is I'm not shocked. V- are I'm you really? Shocked. I'm, I'm shocked because this is um, the, I thought that this movie <clears throat> from a comedy perspective would have been everything you wanted. No. There's not a lot of dick jokes and, and okay. sophomoric, sophomoric humor. They actually spend time, in my opinion, maybe too much time trying to develop secondary characters or relationships and things yeah. like that as opposed to um, going for just the laugh. Yeah, I don't know why. I just didn't. I, I watched it today and I just uh, I had a hard time with it, man. It was just I, I didn't. I didn't find it very funny. I didn't find it interesting. Um, I I don't know. Like the the premise, the premise is sort of interesting, but I think it's done much better in other movies. Um, you know, like uh, there's the one with Donald Gleason that's really good, um, where he can go back in time and relive relive moments of his life and like change things. Um, but yeah, I mean, Bill Murray's hilarious. There, there are parts of this movie where he's, where, where his reactions to certain things and the things that you're saying is pretty funny. But you know, again, it's like this guy is a total dick, and it's not. Um, I don't know. Just I, I just was not. I didn't really care about, you know, his character at all. <laughs> so like, oh, I see. I liked how I. There's a few things about the film I think are interesting. Comedies are always difficult. I think. I don't think it was <clears throat> laugh out loud as funny um, as some movies are. Mm-hmm. You know, like there wasn't I, I was surprised, actually, I would have thought that there would have been more laughs in it. There were probably less laughs um, than I thought. Well, it's not even Almost as close it. to like Big Lebowski funny. No, no, <clears throat> no. Um, but Murray, I think there's some interesting choices. First of all. I can't imagine what a train wreck this movie would have been without him. Yeah, it's bad because the other acting is is pretty. Andy McDowell is terrible in this movie. 
Is she, I don't think she's very good in anything <clears throat> she's in. I can't. I don't remember other things that she is in. To be honest with you, I was like wondering. I was like just thinking, and I'm like, I know her. I know she's been in. Well, she was in Hudson Hawk. Well, that doesn't. That's that's. Well, she was. I. Yeah. yeah. Well, what else? Sex lies and videotape. Oh, I don't, and that's I don't know if Soderbergh. I've seen that. Uh, but yeah, I I don't. I I thought that. For me, the interesting thing about the film was just his performance. Yeah, which I thought and, was but, great. But even like Chris Elliott is way underused, utilized, and his stuff he is not have, funny at all. Oh, he does have the one. I I, I did put down the, the one line I thought that was funny was when it was uh, Nancy, the the woman that Bill Murray sleeps with at oh, one yeah, point. Yeah. Eddie goes, uh, "You want to see the inside of a van?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he does have the one liner when the car crashes, and he goes. Oh, yeah. yeah, he's probably not okay now. <laughs> no, the, the van goes over. He's in. He, and yeah. I'm sure he could be okay. And then <laughs> yeah, it blows yeah, yeah. Um, but like, he's hard to make not funny. <laughs> like, well, he's not in it much. Yeah. I, I thought that the pacing was a little interesting. But what I do find this interesting is, and I was trying to think of other films where the entire film, Bill Murray plays both protagonist and antagonist. And I was Scrooge. trying to think. Yes. Similar, which, by the way, might be a better movie. Way better. Scrooge is amazing compared to this. That's the thing that I kept thinking about while I was watching this. I was thinking about all the other Bill Murray movies I would rather be watching. That's really? that. Was, See, I like this, though. I think it's better. I I, I don't I know. I think maybe, I certainly think it was better than you did. Um, yeah. But. I don't think it was that bad. Well, I thought well, his so like you, you brought up before we were on, before we were live. You brought up um, the what was it? The man who knew too little. Yeah. I don't. I don't know that movie. But like, I'm having a hard time thinking of a worse Bill Murray movie than this. Um. Well, you didn't see the man who knew too little, right? So like, I know that. But that's the man, not great. the man who knew too little, was more like really cheesy, like gag. Right. Type like even Charlie's thing. Angels. I think he's funnier in Charlie's Angels than he is in this. But I don't. But the interesting thing is, I'm not sure that this was supposed to be just a straight out comedy. But Do it doesn't I mean? doesn't succeed in in you any other way. You don't find his story interesting, like no, his because he doesn't arc. even know. So like he's not even working to get out of the loop. That's that is like no, I don't find his character arc interesting at all, because there's no like he doesn't grow for any like any real reason i can tell i i don't know it, it yeah i i, I just mean, didn't i i that's interesting i i you didn't like the ned ryerson stuff at all that part is is kind of funny yeah like when he punches <laughs> him in the face yeah, yeah there's a few ned ryerson scenes yeah. um that i thought are funny punches him in the face the one where he starts like hugging him and rubbing him and he gets all uncomfortable right. is the, an interesting the, the, one. The bad, the bad uh, gay joke. What I found interesting about that is they there's so originally in the script there was nine different scenes where he turns the corner. Not all of them made it. Okay. Um, so there was nine different scenes and Harold Ramis made them film all nine in four different weather situations. Fake snow, fake rain, oh, gotcha, sunny, gotcha. and clap. Yeah. So they had to do 36 scenes. That scene 36 times yeah. with multiple takes, um, which is interesting. And there's some other ones, like when he's driving drunk and he's like uh, too early for flapjacks. Yeah, yeah, that that part's funny. The, those two guys are good, and I like the I like the the line where he's uh, where he is um, driving the when he's letting the groundhog drive the truck. Drive. Yeah. 
drive angry. You're pretty good for a quadruped. You got to use your you got to use your side eye or whatever he Tonight, says. That's pretty funny. Uh, not surprisingly, um, <clears throat> all ad libbed. Yeah, by yeah, of course. All of that course. stuff is. I I will agree to some degree with you in the sense that when I was watching this, I was thinking of the other Bill Murray sequences I love. Yeah. Like in stripes when he's like, and you, you're crazy, man. Yeah. Like, I love him. Like anything from Ghost and either of the Ghostbusters well, yes. movies, obviously. Oh, well, one of Caddy my favorite Shack. all-time scenes ever is uh, Dr. Peter Vakeman's like mental at the beginning yeah, yeah. of Ghostbusters. He's like, cats and dog. Yeah. And he goes, this cat, hairless cats. Yeah. Or the uh, the one where he is. He goes in in Ghostbusters 2 and uh, Janusz is there and he's like, oh, he just, you know, why does he look so angry? And we don't know. And he's like, oh, he just he just misses his kitty. I just want to paint it in here in the corner. And he grabs the paintbrush. He's gonna... <laughs> uh, oh, but there's just like some drop dead lines like where that, you know, he ad libs when like he's playing piano. He's like, um, have you ever played piano before? And he goes, no, but my dad was a piano mover. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, um, there was, I thought, some good things with him. Um, there were a couple sequences I really liked when he kind of has given up. The, <laughs> and he's the like suicide sitting in the montage? Yeah. No, no, but when he's sitting in a bathrobe eating popcorn and drinking out of a Jack Daniels bottle, answering uh, yeah. every Jeopardy every, question. And right? the old people are cheering him on. Yeah, and the old people good. are cheering him on. Uh, I also just, th- well, in any comedy, there's rarely like a cinematography thing you look at. Mm-hmm. But I did love when they had the clock, just like the really big numbers, and they turned that um, over. Yeah. Uh, or when he started to be like David Dunn from Unbreakable and try to save people. He was trying to be a superhero yeah. Yeah. and... Uh, <laughs> So, I mean, I thought he was good Uh, in terms of like some general thoughts. I thought there were some I thought there's some issues maybe just on the premise. Uh, This might upset some people. Groundhog is is a worth worthless holiday. It's not a holiday. I mean, mean, it's like whatever it is. I mean, just think about the stupidity of that. Other people from the country must be. That's the one thing angry a-hole Phil Connor is right about. Like, can you imagine being a news person and being like, yeah, this is amazing. Look no. at this. Like, no, 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 no. I mean, it is a, a, a giant rat, basically, that yeah. they pull out of a, a box. Yeah. I mean, which is crazy. Apparently, people just like to go and get drunk, and that's... Well, okay. If that's the premise behind <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, this movie also might have the worst soundtrack we've looked at so far. Oh, my God, dude. The... the, the, the not the score, but the the pop popular music that they put into this movie. Besides you, I got you, babe, which I think which was is a, used ve- yes, very effectively. That's brilliant for that first uh, yes. for the for the alarm clock going off every yes. morning. But there is a song called Weatherman. Who do, who is it by? I didn't. Even, uh, I Delbert say, McClinton, isn't it? Del, Delbert, Delbert McClinton. If, it's if called anybody remember, uh, who used to be on the Imus in the Morning show all the time, which I loved. But uh, it is basically like the opening song to this movie. It is basically the the I'm all right of Caddyshack. Did, did it, they it, write that song for this movie? Do we know? Because I, it is bad. It is like, so bad, bad that I started to look it up. Like and I wanted I I, I couldn't get I'll over it. I kept going back man. to it. Like through, yeah, I'll I'll be your weatherman, baby. Like yeah, you need someone to warm uh, you up or it something. Is, it is really I, bad. Yeah. It and was, by the way, it's insulting that you would even compare that to Kenny Loggins. I'm all right from Caddyshack. Just, which I is just wanted to say like that. Amazing that is the position in the movie. Yes. this song is in. 
Okay. Um, it's like supposed to be the heavy hitter, you know. <laughs> oh God, it's bad. It is real bad. Um, I, I honestly couldn't even tell you any of the other music. I thought you should have learned and played it for tonight's episode. <laughs> um, that or the Pennsylvania polka, which has been in my head. The <laughs> Pennsylvania <laughs> polka. Yeah. It was been in my head ever since I watched the movie. Yeah, oh, no, okay, past that. As really, well. the soundtrack is brutally bad in this film. <laughs> like it's really, really yeah, bad. It's um, it's not good. I I that being said, I really honestly would watch this film again in a second. Yeah, I love Bill Murray, so I'd watch it again. Uh, there was some stuff I thought was kind of cool. Harold Ramis makes a cameo as a doctor. I wish he had been in it more. Yeah, because I think he's really good. Um, but he had kind of really scaled back his acting at that point. Um, Gobbler's Knob yeah. really sounds like something yeah. that should be in Roadhouse. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it's it a real place. Like- yeah, I know it is, but it really sounds like something that should have been in uh, in Roadhouse. Yeah. In my yeah. I, I don't know what was going on uh, there. Uh, also, can we talk about the really creepy? We're still in the 90s stuff here. Uh, he basically targets Rita to have sex with her and is figuring everything. Like, I felt really, and this is starting to happen now when I'm watching these 80s and 90s films, really creepy about some of the, yeah. some of even, the even relationship that, stuff. Even before that, when they first get to um, Gobbler's Knob, where he's supposed to be shooting and she's producing the segment of... Um, you know what the uh the newscaster that you know he's immediately like hitting on her her in a way that's just like it's terrible and i think that's like honestly i don't remember but i i I guess that's like that was seen as funny back then but it's Uh, it would totally not play right now ask matt lauer and charlie rose if it's funny now well that's the thing like the none of these jokes at that none of those types of jokes and there are a lot of them in this movie um, would really fly in a in a in a current day movie for a character that was somehow going to be redeemed. Yeah, it's just like it it immediately makes you go like I don't care about this. And like they weren't presented in this movie as like this is him being a jerk. Like they kind of were, just- but. But it was more of him like actually treating people like shit that showed you yeah. he was a jerk. It wasn't these jokes, so. There know. was some wild fashion as well. And we've had some really <laughs> crazy fashion in films yeah. that we've watched. Can we talk about Andy McDowell's Elaine-esque Seinfeld oh, yeah. thing? Why? And maybe somebody can answer because I don't think we were old enough to even know about. Why was it ever a good idea for women to wear like silk blouse white shirts with tailored vests with like what looks like to be maybe tapestry patterns on them. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I have no that idea. Is I don't know if we have wild. anybody in chat that can fill us in. I need yeah. to, I need to know what what that was all about. Yeah. And the second thing is this. I'm kind of at a crossroads here. Mm-hmm. I either want to purchase a Dalton from Roadhouse karate gi dress shirt. Yeah. Or one of those Phil Connor dress shirts, which was very Jerry Seinfeld. You know, the dress shirt with no collar. Yeah. yeah with no uh, lapels. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I, again, not sure when either of those. Um, yeah. 
I, I have to say I was very lucky. My mom used to get dress me in some wacky clothes. Uh, <laughs> we had a lot of coordinated outfits that she made my father wear. Um, oh. which those coordinated outfits might have been more painful for him than his service in Vietnam. Um, I'm not sure. Uh, <laughs> but I never had to wear a collarless dress shirt. Never. And I just don't understand that one. Oh, man. Yeah. I, I don't understand that uh, at all. The fashion choices and the Elaine outfit. I mean, you go back and watch. The, not, the early 90s to late 80s were not a good time for American fashion. No, no, no. No, there's like hammer pants and Z Cavariccis and oh, there is nothing good about that at all. Uh, There's a Michael Shannon appearance. There is a Michael second Michael Shannon movie we've done. He must be like honestly, we should probably look it up, but he must be twenty if he's twenty. Well, it was definitely his first movie. I know for a fact it was his first movie. He Um, looks so young. I had to like actually look it up to make sure it was him. I I was like, oh my god, that's Michael Shannon, and then. Yeah. So in this in this he plays um a, very brief role. Yeah, yeah. A, a groom to be whose wife is having second thoughts and Phil finds out one of the days and then on another day talks her into going through with the marriage and talking so and get some WrestleMania tickets. Right, WrestleMania <laughs> tickets which they're super excited about for some reason which was that part actually made me laugh i was like oh yeah. that's a weird thing that's funny i do like when he's playing the piano too yeah, there's yeah. some stuff there there's Chris, I, I, Chris you know, dancing yeah <laughs> I, oh my god when they're like <laughs> yeah yeah oh jesus that late 90s early 90s is something else um what's interesting i think about this film and i never really took it there is it actually was added in 2006 to the u.s national film registry and it's labeled as a cultural, historical, or aesthetically significant piece of art, uh, which does not, it, which is quite achievement. And a lot of it comes from the immediate connection people had to it was religious and philosophical. And they look at it as a, a parable, mm-hmm. and they compare it to the uh, Wizard of Oz and A Wonderful Life. Uh, in terms of the timeless quality of it and all that type of stuff, which I think is interesting to look at it in terms of that, the growth of character and mm-hmm. you know the changing and all the things like that. And um, I know Harold Ramis was very um, happy about that. There was no intended purpose. People, a lot of people thought there was an intended purpose for that, which is ironic that it's based on Nietzsche and people <laughs> are saying there's a religious element yeah. to it. Um no. But, you know, I I think there's some interesting things about it. I think one of the things I liked about watching it is the story, not so much for you, but I kind of maybe because I like Bill Murray. He's kind of a jerk and he's not perfect and he's reflective of that time period. But at the end, he starts to come around a little bit and you realize there are some good qualities to him. And I think that the film is is watchable again because of his performance. Uh, but I will agree with you. I was a little surprised. In, in my mind, I remembered it being funnier than it was. Me too. Me too. And maybe that's where I was a little. Maybe some of the things that I found funny at the time just aren't things that I find as funny now. Yeah. Um, and for me, like all that other, you know, cultural significance and extra meaning, I think is really. Uh, overstate it for this movie. I think I think it's borderline an afterthought. Um, oh, 
Oh, I don't. I th- I think they were more focused on that than when we think. I think it's a movie. I'll say this. I think it's a movie definitely worth seeing because of Bill Murray's performance. I think he play. I thought he played it well. It's not his funniest movie. It's not even. Say, cl- it's not even. No, no. I'm not saying. I'm not saying it's his funniest movie. I like his performance. Yeah, uh, yeah. In it. And I think it's fun, and I think you can watch it. I would say, though, if you want to see a movie that deals with that that premise of, of like, you know, philosophical, what would you do if you could if you could manipulate time like that? Go, go see About Time. It's a 2013 movie called About Time um, with Donald Gleason from Ex Machina and yeah. Rachel McAdam. Gee, but this, you know, this was the first film really in many ways to tackle this, though. So I think it deserves really? some credit. For it. Yeah, well, that at least mainstream one, if you look okay. at it. When people make films like that, what do they premise? They premise Groundhog Day. You know what I mean? Yeah, so there is so. this there is this um, connection in that way. Yeah. And this might be for another episode because it's I don't think it ties into this. The thing that always interests me about time loop films yeah. is – I don't quite grasp what is happening with everybody else. Like everybody else is caught in that time loop, yeah, right? I, That's I, what I, I I'd never get with time loop movies. Like, yeah, it doesn't, so are they the only person, you know, maybe it, that's too philosophical for now. I think for this film to have that discussion, <laughs> yeah. but like, what about the other characters? I'm always also interested in, from an acting perspective as an actor, mm-hmm. what it's like, um, because you're very one dimensional if you're not the character that is the time loop is set around. Right. You're literally playing. You know what I mean? It, and that's interesting. Like what's interesting to me in those performances is that Murray is obviously Murray is actually changing, but nobody else is. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess they're slightly changing because of they're, they're revealing more of themselves based upon the changing interactions and things like that. But I, I think that must be a really interesting acting thing to play uh, <laughs> yeah. in, in terms of how you do that. Like Andy McDowell, again, do you know who was originally – you know who got offered that role? Tori Amos. What? Yeah. That's, I don't think sure it's ever actually acted in a film, so I don't know yeah. where that came from. But, but like, even just like scrolling through the Bill Murray movies, I'm like, oh my god! Like, there's oh no 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 no. Listen, uh, I, 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 we'll talk about that maybe a little bit. Like, I it, this is not anywhere near his funny, and that's what I was thinking. I'm like, there's a few sequences in this movie I remember and like, yeah. and I like some of his performance. There's nothing that I deem to be the funniest stuff he does. Yeah. I mean, there's some films that I just think about that I could watch again and again just based on his humor uh, alone. I, but we'll I, see from Yeah, that. yeah. I don't know. Uh, did Katie watch it with you or no? Was no, she didn't. She didn't okay. watch this one. So, okay, let's go spanning the globe then. I think yeah. we've kind of hit everything we want on this. And we got a lot of stuff we can cover in this area. Yeah. Uh, so this week, we're, instead of uh, instant reaction trailer, we're going to do instant reaction rank them. Lots of big stories broke this week. So I'm going to give – we're going to say seven big news stories that broke this week. And we're only going to rank five of them. So okay. you get to get the keep five and you got to dump two. Uh, OK, so let's run down what we have this week because it's been a crazy week. Uh, first of all, um, Christopher Nolan, it dropped that next summer in July. 
Christopher Nolan is releasing what they're t- uh, calling an event film. That's all mean, I could. What, f- that's uh, that. That's all I could find out. And I did. I spent a bunch of time this week actually trying to go places when, that I usually go. What is? To what find is? Out. Did, did was there a definition of event? No, film? that but. The, purposely use i think it's interesting that they use that terminology event film and it will be filmed in imax what i find crazy is i've heard nothing about this yeah not that i'm like some hollywood insider but i read lots of stuff you would you would see like leonardo dicaprio signed on to a christopher nolan usually usually you or you would be able to find out that other people are leaving their schedule open like why is this person's schedule open why is this person's I have no idea. And so maybe maybe it's not um, maybe it's not a feature film. Maybe it is filming an event of some sort. Maybe I think it's probably a real film. Okay. But what I find interesting is to shoot IMAX Mm -hmm. means he must be ready to start filming now. Okay. Because the editing process to get a film next July. That's a I mean, his films usually shoot for three months. If it's an event film to me means something big. Yeah. Like, you know, it's not a small independent film. Now, I had heard that he there was talk that he might reshoot Memento or redo it. Huh. So but I don't think that's what this is. I think this is something different. Why? I don't know. And I don't know if that's actually true or not, but people had said that. All right. So that's that. We'll see. We'll give you more news when we know. That's got to start filming. By the way, next July is crazy. Next July is Christopher Nolan, uh, uh-huh. the new Christopher Nolan, uh, uh, Maverick Top Gun. There's like oh, it's a bunch of other stuff. It's all dropping in July. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be like week after week after week of stuff. All right. So that's one of the seven that you can keep or dump. Okay. Uh, number two. Peter Jackson, who just released an amazing updated uh, World War One documentary, which I can't wait to see. It's supposed to be fantastic. His new project is a documentary on the making of the last Beatles album, Let It Be. Yep. Over 55 hours of footage, unseen hours of footage of them just constructing this album. Right. Yeah. It's being done. Uh, thoughts on that? Uh, that's cool. Um, I don't know. I, I, there, there, part of me is just like a little burned out on the Beatles. Really? See, I the, mean, the, like the, I'm interested in it and I'm, uh, but like, I feel like we have so much and we've, we've seen so much and, uh, we're not going to get, we're not getting any new music and you know, the, it, no. it kind of, uh, I don't know. It's, it's. Yeah, I don't know. Can I, can I, the thing that interests me, I, I read some of the re- press release on this, is that he seems to be, the focus of this is going to be on the creative creation of this music, how they would build it and put it. Th- that's that, interesting. That interest, if that's what the film turns out to be, yeah, then I'm really interested. And that's apparently what it is. It's okay. them in the studio constructing the music. To see the process they went about would mm-hmm. interest me. If it's just about, you know, the talking heads in the documentary is Paul sitting there and say, I remember yeah, John yeah. saying that. But if it's them actually doing stuff, and that that I, kind of interests me. And I think it was Let It Be. There's a lot of, like, you know, issues of, like, John and Paul just, like, basically bulldozing 
George and and Ringo. Like, I, I, there's rumors that like Ringo doesn't even play drums on certain songs and stuff. And, and he said a lot of that stuff will be debunked in this. So okay. I mean, so that part I'm interested. Yeah. All right, so that's story number two. Mm-hmm. Uh, story number three, Rent Live on Fox. Live. Live, except for the guy who broke his foot and they didn't have an understudy. And well, they, they it wasn't live. Literally, yeah. the only thing that was live was the last song. Um, I didn't watch it. I, did. I have no, listen. I have no problem with Rent. Jim was a huge Rent fr- uh, fan. Everybody in college really loved it. I was fine. I would listen to it. Great. I never had seen it on Broadway or anything like that, so mm-hmm. I didn't have a connection to it. Uh, what were your thoughts on it? Watching it, um, parts of it were brutally terrible. Okay. Um, and parts of it were good. I, I mean, I think that's the best you can hope for when they're redoing something that is kind of so beloved and nostalgic, right? Like, like it's tough to recapture what that show was at the time when it came out. What is your thought in general? And I know Katie on the is, show. No, I think Katie is listening, so maybe she can even walk in because she goes to Broadway because I don't go that frequently. Mm-hmm. I'd love to hear two takes on your thoughts just in general on these Broadway shows that are being turned into live television experiences because I'm not sure they translate. No, they don't. And there was well. a lot. And I, I, I saw a lot of people our age who had experienced Rent um, saying things like online, saying things like, wow, I'm – I'm sad for those maybe younger people who this was the first time they saw Rent. Mm. Um, Because a lot of the nuance of what happens on that stage was lost. Uh, Because you can't, you know, when you're shooting it, they didn't want to shoot it like they were just pointing cameras at the stage, right? So they were doing up close on on individual characters and things like that. Yeah, and I don't think that's the experience. You see, right. I've been to a few Broadway shows which I really liked. Yeah. I don't go all the time, but I I don't know how that translates. Yeah, um, no, because the experience. The, the, you're totally of that. right. There there were parts where I know that like while this character singing this, this other things happening on stage that is informing you about you know, plot something points else. and yeah, 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 things like that. And, and just how, how the characters interact with each other and things like that. And I think for rent specifically, that's a really important part of that show. Um, and they lost a lot of that. They also changed lyrics and, and why, words. why, why do they do that? Um, I understand it in some of the cases where it was, uh, a little off color, which is fine. Um, uh, okay, so that I get that. But there so. were other ones that they just changed for the hell of it, as far as I could tell, um, which was a little yeah. little disappointing because that that's the one thing with that show. Um, literally, any any musicals that people love, they don't want to be like they love to sing along. They want to be part of the show, and to take them out of that by changing a piece of it for no reason is just weird. So yeah. okay, so you watch. All right, uh, next story: the stand. Did you hear this today? I saw something about this. The, yeah. the Stand is going to be a 10-episode uh, series event on CBS All Access, the CBS streaming system, directed uh, by the director of The Fault of the Stars. This was originally intended to be a two- to three-movie uh, series, which originally was being written for and directed by Ben Affleck, uh-huh. and then went over to the Fault in Their Stars director. Uh, now it is transitioned to a ten series episode event on CBS All Access. Yeah. You are our Stephen King uh, guru. Thoughts? Um, 
That's a that's an undertaking. The Stand is a gigantic book, and it, mm. it, it has a lot of really good stuff in it, and some things that could <laughs> that could probably change for the better. Um, you know, if you go back and watch the the miniseries with Gary, Sinise, I remember, I remember that miniseries, and there's a lot of good stuff in that. Rob and I remember Lowe enjoying and, it. I I, um, I liked it. Molly Ringwald and uh, Kareem Abdul Jabbar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bring out your dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there's a lot of good stuff in that, um, so I'm excited for it. It's obviously not my favorite Stephen King story, but it is a lot of a lot of people. The stand is, is, their is it's their be all end all. You know, the uncut version of that that book is uh, what 1,200 pages or something. Yes, um, I'd like to reread that actually. I've, I've never read the uncut one. I'd like to read the uncut one. He, yeah, apparently it, it added like 200 pages or more. Yeah, it's quite so, an undertaking, though. Yeah, um, um, yeah it, but right. it's good. It's good book. It will never, the Lincoln Tunnel will never be the same. <laughs> that yeah. That is sure. That's the, that to me, that's something that will always stay with me. I think Stephen King does such a good job at like in his books of having those set pieces of like, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the, the Lincoln Tunnel in uh, the stand and, you know, the Overlook Hotel and, you know, things like yeah. that are just, you know, really, really good. So I'm excited to see it. Although CBS All Access, what is that? The streaming thing? Like, yeah. Are I'm you going to no. now, now, hold on. Now, here's my question, because there's a second CBS All Access thing that dropped here. OK. Uh, Jordan Peele is executive producing and introducing and hosting the new Twilight Zone. And that's dropping April 1st. Not interested. Uh, are you likely to purchase CBS All Streaming Access for either of those? No. Okay. No, that's I'm not. Answer. If they come out on DVD and I'm able to. Well, they will. I'm sure you'll be able to purchase you know, them. I, I, I'm just sick like, of I, I'm sick of everyone thinking that they can have their own. Well, this is, service. by the way, for anybody, this is another discussion for a whole episode we could do. Yeah. If you think you cut the cord and now you're safe. This is what they're doing now. Yeah, everybody. Yeah, yeah. This is this is what it's turning into now. Everybody is is doing this, and we're, it's just going to be a sh- uh, you know a shell game. You're just moving things well, around. It's, no, you know, I mean now, what's going to happen is the same thing that like the people that cut the cord, um, and I don't know that that's exactly the right. I, I don't think that is. Um, well, I guess you can pick. You're going to be able to pick what you per- as opposed to regular cable right. where they need to buy but folks that but. The folks that don't want to deal with streaming, they don't have access to this. No. Right. You're so right. Like, you have to stream this. No, I know you have to. But I'm saying like this idea that all, you know, there's there's not yeah. going to be this content. You know, the selectivity, the, the companies are starting to. Yeah, it, I think this is really that. short-sighted. CBS has been a holdout forever with things like Hulu and and all the Star well, course, Trek crap they, and they air shows that 70 year olds want to watch. That's right. basically and what so they're like, I, I, I think I think they run the risk of spending a lot of money if they go down this route of oh, they will of a fortune of original programming and then and make it only streamable. And they don't they don't work out deals with the big streaming services. And that's what they already did with the Star Trek. And they I don't do know it again. They do it. They do it international. So international, it's on yeah. Netflix. But in the U.S., you have to watch it on uh, the streaming service. Well, and there uh, are ways to take care of that. Well, 
Uh, uh, two other quick ones here. Doctor Sleep. Yes. The Shining film sequel is moving up to November 2019. Preach about that because I, I know you found that I think that's a good that sign. One. I think that's a good sign. Oh, it's the, a great, you never hear a film being moved up as a bad sign. And, and, and a quasi-horror film getting moved into that closer to thanksgiving yeah. um I'm, I'm halloween excited. area um ewan mcgregor is going to be perfect for that role of danny danny torrance um so to, for everyone for anyone listening this is not a sequel to the kubrick film the shining yeah, but, uh, no is that though i've heard that they're referencing that as part of this they can they can because there's enough in the shining that is there's enough connection to in Kubrick shining to the book the shining but a lot of what we're going to be shown is going to is going to connect to the stuff that was sort of left out okay so um I'm not saying it won't work as a sequel but it is it is going to be I, I wouldn't expect this to feel like Kubrick's right. shining Fair enough. All right, perfect. Yeah. And last story, a new Batman film was dropping in 2021, it was announced, mm -hmm. directed by Matt Reeves of the Planet of the Apes films. Uh -huh. And it's going to be a noir crime thriller where he's more of a detective like the comic. Yeah. And Ben Affleck is out. Yeah. So I'm I'm excited to hear that it's going to be a noir with Matt Reeves. Um, but again, I don't trust anything that DC no, let's let's see. You know, let's see what who's, they got. Who's going writing on. it? Uh, Matt Reeves. Oh, he is writing it. Yes. And directing. And directing. Hmm. So we'll see. What else has uh, he right. done besides? Uh, what was his? Uh, I can't run it. Yeah, Planet of the Apes are the big one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. So drop two. Which of those two do you not? What five um, are you excited about? I'm excited about Christopher Nolan, obviously. Yep. Um, if I was going to drop two, I'll drop the Twilight Zone and. Um. Uh, it's not really fair because I, I was I was excited about Rent, uh, so I'll I'll keep that. But I'll, I'll say I'll drop the Twilight Zone and, oh, oh man, come down you between. Can, you can drop Rent if you want. No, I, I mean I I would probably say I would drop the Beatles to be honest. All with right. You. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I'm dropping Rent because I didn't even watch it. Yeah. Uh, I'm dropping Rent. I'm dropping Twilight Zone. Um, I do want to watch The Sand. I'm very excited about the Christopher Nolan and Peter Jackson. Yeah. Uh, and I'd watch. I want to watch The Sand. I'm not getting CBS All Access. No. For that no. though. Oh, uh, uh, Cloverfield, dude. Matt Reeves. Yes. Okay. Clover. There you go. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, moving on. Things. Our segment that we've started in the new year. Things we could argue about it uh, over a beer at Oscars. Uh, we are still attempting to create a fund to purchase Oscars. Uh, if anybody is independently wealthy and yeah. like to buy that, uh, we want to create a trust. Uh, and Jim and I will be the honorary chair people of the trust. We won't do any work. Uh, no, we no, won't no. do anything. We won't put our name on anything. Uh, we will show up there. We will uh, enjoy and, the f the fruits of others' yes, labor. Yes, we will do that. Uh, our question this week is, if you had to relive one day of your life over and over again, mm. what would it be? What would it be? Yeah, what day? If you had to get oh, stuck man. in a time loop and you get to pick the day. Do you want me to go first? 
Yeah, because you changed that question on me, I think. No, I did not. That has been. Oh, no. OK, OK, OK. Um, uh, I will go first. Yeah. Uh, I would choose uh, to relive my wedding day over and over again. Oh, you. F mm. You're just uh, like, no, you wouldn't. Yes, I would. Why? Yeah. Why would I not choose to relive that day over and over again? That's uh, true. It was a pretty good day. It was a pretty that was good a day. great day. Besides the whole marriage thing, which was amazing, uh, yeah. that was a great party, yeah. an after party, and before wedding party. That's true. And everybody's there. I mean, I was very lucky. I had a wedding day. So every people talk about it. My wedding day exceeded what I had hoped it would be. Yeah. Well, you were Not a bit of a bridezilla. I, I need my Miller Lite, and I need, I, I need my, my Miller Lite, and I need my pigs in a blanket. Yeah. Those are the two. I hold. I held and, one. Remember, I also said that we need two open bars, and you wanted two me bars. to lose weight, and and, and you yes, made me change wear your eye color, change yeah, my I eye color, buy your, match your eye color to yeah. the tuxedo. Uh, the other thing I would do is, I think if I had a choice. I would relive, and there's not a specific day, yeah. one like random Saturday from junior year. That's right. <laughs> I yeah. would I would choose to relive yeah, one yeah. just yeah. random Saturday from spring semester junior year. Mm -hmm. I don't think I could survive it. At, like, <laughs> would I be like 21 year old me could survive it? I don't think almost 40 year old me oh, could man. survive it. I would it have to, th I, I, I'm going to need a little extra time to think about this because I'm just thinking it would most likely, if I had to, if I had to live one day, it would most likely be one, a day from one of the vacations that Katie and I have taken. All right. Um, and I just need to figure out which day, you know, the, going to Italy yeah. was amazing. Um, we've had some really good uh, summer trips to like Chicago, Nashville. We've had some really good ones. So. All right. Well, there yeah. you go. All right. So everybody think about that. We'll put, you know, we'll post that as a question. Mm -hmm. When we do fact check next week, Jim, you can give us a, a full report of which one you would like. Okay. And we'll read some, maybe some answers from other people about the, yeah days they wanted to live uh now it's time for our sign that the apocalypse grows ever near um this week was full of batshit crazy people uh <laughs> for one let's talk about florida's secretary of state michael ertel uh who was forced to resign his position because as like a 35 year old man decided it would be a good idea to go in blackface outfit dressing as a Hurricane Katrina victim huh. uh, at a party. Now, at first, and I that was about in this. 2005, right? Yes, when it happened. Yes. Yeah. So at first I thought about this. I'm like, uh. OK, people wear some off color. Then I started to read about what the costume was. Uh, a blackface. I'm sorry, it's 2005. This yeah. is you're not in a. Uh, and you're mocking Hurricane Katrina victim. Yeah. And the worst part, I was like, maybe he was a high school kid. He was 35 years. First of all, who is going to dress up parties at 35 and wearing costumes where they're being Hurricane Katrina victims? No one. No one should be. Uh, yeah, I mean, so I was like, it's not even. Oh, it's just, I, yeah. I mean, I was just wild. I was like, all right, maybe this guy was 20. He did something stupid. 35 years old? No. He should have learned that lesson well before that time. Oh, my God. Uh, he might be lumped in with the other geniuses uh, of the world. Uh, smallpox 
is on the rise, a 30% increase globally. And let me say this up front so people don't get offended. If you choose not to vaccinate your children for religious reasons, I'm not going to go into those. That the, People's religious choices are one thing. If you are doing it for non-religious reasons because you think a woman whose major film credit, uh, credit was basketball told you – that your child should not be vaccinated, a.k.a. Jenny McCarthy, yeah. and people legitimately are not vaccinating their children because they think they're going to get autism from vaccination. And your child catches smallpox, a disease well, that was eradicated from the earth, except yeah. in third world countries, uh, then you have some issues. Yeah. You are infecting other people. In New York State, there's almost 300 cases of smallpox because people are not vaccinating their children and sending them to school. Right. And, and, and measles, there's a measles outbreak as well in, yes. in, in, uh, Washington state. Yeah, it's not good. It's, um, you know, I think, I think the further we get away from, and, and this is something I heard Dak Shepard talking about, which I thought was really interesting. It was like, you know, back in the day you knew, the you had a respectful fear of these things because there was a lot more of it around. Right? Yes. You were lucky if you didn't catch these things, if you didn't right. get smallpox or measles or polio or one right. of these things. And now because it's so less prevalent, people people don't uh, fear it and they think that they could get away with not doing the necessary things that they need to do. Um, the the other thing that was that was really uh, there's a whole thing on Twitter. So, like, if you could go out, there's there was a mother who who posted from Washington State and said, like, my three year old's never been vaccinated. There's a measles outbreak. What precautions can I take so that she? Yeah, and so like your child, right? So the right, you know, and and the Twitter the Twitter verse uh, let her have it a little bit, and and in in all the uh, the funny ways, but yeah, it it, it it's sad because. Um, there are cases where, you know, there are certain kids that, that can't get the vaccines yes, for whatever and reasons. Those and, and those, and th stretch. but those, those children are usually protected because everyone else does. Yes. You are putting other people's children right. at risk. Right. Do not. Right. Hey, by the way, AK, do not go to Disney world. If you're not vaccinated, <laughs> yeah. do not bring your children to massive public events yeah. and risk people who cannot get vaccination. Uh, maybe as ridiculous as that is a Copenhagen company, and uh -huh. this is the end of our thing. I read this and I couldn't, this is like on the other end of the spectrum. There is a tissue company in Copenhagen that is selling tissues for $80 a box that people have sneezed into, so that you will then sneeze into the tissue that other people have sneezed into to inhale their bacteria and disease yeah. to give you that and help you feel healthy. And this is the tagline. You tear muscles to become stronger. You learn to fall to become a dancer. Why shouldn't your immune system have that opportunity? Yeah. You are paying $80. Anybody who pays $80 a box. You could come to my house to, for $80 I, and it'd be exactly the same. I will get out of my trash. I will sneeze in your face for $50. <laughs> I, will, I will Amazon these people. I will mm -hmm. Jeff Bezos this company. Mm -hmm. I will sneeze on you for free. The first three sneezes are free. 
I will have my kids sneeze on you for $5. If you pay $80 for a box of someone's used tissues that they sneezed into, and people will do that. All right. People will do it. Five questions. Think, Let's do it. All right. Five. I think my mom is mad. I think she uh, caught it. She caught up, caught up and listened to when I told her she made me wear bizarre family. Oh, outfits. maybe. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's fine. It's true. We could show pictures. We can show some pictures of it. Be, moving uh, forward. I would like that. You would like to see that. Yeah. Uh, OK, uh, here we go. Five questions. Uh, thumbs up or thumbs down over the top weather coverage on the news. Thumbs down. Like the, I hate like, it. I hate it. Why do they need to be out there? standing in it like it's so stupid and i understand there are still people to watch it but honestly like i don't watch i don't watch the news anymore because you know who does yeah and and so no thumbs down especially because most of the news is shitty weather coverage uh true Mm. all right uh question two would you rather watch tom hanks as phil connor Uh or bill murray as forrest gump this was easy. Bill Murray as Forrest Gump, 100%. That would yeah, be interesting. Yeah, because as we already said, Tom Hanks as Phil Connor just does not feel right um, for the tone. But Bill Murray as Forrest Gump, even though it's not, it doesn't feel right, it, it could feel wrong in like the right ways, meaning like <laughs> it's just a funnier canvas for him to be Bill Murray, I think. All right, perfect. Uh, question number three, fill in the blank question. Mm-hmm. Gobbler's Knob would make a great name for a blank. Oh, I this is. I mean, there are so many things. Um, I would say you could. You know, if you're gonna go serious, you could. You could say a bourbon. Oh, okay. Gobbler's yeah. Knob bourbon. Yeah. Maybe it's like a a Knob Creek special edition where it's a okay. Thanksgiving pumpkin oh. spiced. No, or maybe, uh, maybe stuffing-flavored yeah. stuffing uh, bourbon. Uh, I was going to say a, a Wawa sandwich of some sort. Ooh, yeah. What if you were not going to go serious? Yeah, I mean, the, we already said it could be a bar from Roadhouse, <laughs> Roadhouse. Or, or a gentleman's club of some sort. Yes, awesome. <laughs> yeah. All right, uh, question four. Uh, favorite small town in Pennsylvania? Oh, this is tough. I mean, obviously, I have a I have a soft spot in my heart for Scranton. Well, that, that's a city, though. Well, it's it's, it's classified. It is classified right. as a city. I really like New Hope. New Hope's a really cute little town on the water. Yes. Um, uh, do you know what my favorite is? Media. I like media. Havertown. Jim Thorpe. Jim Remember Thorpe. when we oh, went to Jesus Jim Christ. Thorpe for Lori's, our friend Lori's birthday? Jim Thorpe is not my least favorite. <laughs> um, so, so Jim and I go to Jim Thorpe with Katie and Aileen yeah. uh, for our friend Lori's birthday party. And to give you a setup of this, Lori had decided she was going to go whitewater rafting for her birthday yeah. and stay at a campsite. First of all, the bat, we did not go whitewater rafting or stay at the campsite. Yeah. So we got a B&B. And yeah. we never we went to we had a we had we ate a great meal. We yeah. went to some bars. We had a good time. We proceed to go to the campsite and it starts pouring rain. Yeah. And in typical Jim and Brian fashion, we say, see, ya. we don't even say goodbye. We, we everyone ran. We run into the car. <laughs> Katie and Aileen were right on board with us. Yeah, too. With like the, they didn't got in the car, drove away, didn't say goodbye, didn't well, call anybody left. My Just, favorite part was that our job was to bring some beer and we had brought a cooler. Yeah. And we get, like, halfway out of the campground. Now, it is, like, thunderstorming to the point where, like, the car is, is spinning, it's spinning wheels in mud. 
and we're all soaked through, like completely soaked through all our clothes. And I just go, oh, damn it. We left the beer. And you were like, nope, I grabbed it. And you had the cooler of beer in the back of the car. It was like, it was a very clutch moment, Brian. Yes, I was not leaving that beer. And I was never going whitewater rafting, ever. Or staying in a campground, ever. Uh, All right, deep thought By the way, that day uh, began my love affair with uh, IPAs. I believe that that was one of the first times I had a dogfish head 90-minute me and Aileen were sitting at that bar. Oh, uh, yes, Aileen loves IPAs. Yeah, so that, and so the Dogfish had 90 minute I had, and I loved it. Um, and then, yeah, that was that. Um, oh, and Katie pointed out the tent rips. <laughs> oh, the tent. I, I totally forgot about that. Those poor people, those poor people stayed there yeah. um, because, oh, boy, that was not fun. All right, deep thought question. If you had to pick only one movie to watch while you were stuck in an endless time loop. Yeah. What movie? I thought about this for a while, and I'm not even confident in in the one I'm choosing because I'm thinking I I want something long that has a lot of different sequences so that if I wanted to only, like, hit a certain part, I could. (sighs) And so I was torn. I am going to go with Return of the King. Oh, okay. Extended edition? Extended edition, yeah. yeah. All right, there you go. Perfect. Um, yeah, I, I don't know why. Just because I, it has obviously a lot going on. Um, it doesn't have a lot of comedy. Yeah. So that but can sometimes that can, maybe that can comedies aren't the best thing to have because, you know, they sometimes don't yeah, it could, it, yeah, it could wear out. I mean, I could say The Big Lebowski. Like, I thought about a lot of the movies that we watched, honestly. Yeah. Um, but I thought I would get sick of them. Um, yeah. You should watch something about Mary on an endless time loop. <laughs> no. You can watch it. I got to say, uh, for people listening to the podcast, you won't see this. Uh, but if you're watching it in this light, Jim, you look like a slightly older version of Sean McVay, the coach from the Rams. <laughs> You well, got your headset you. on. Yeah. Look, look that up. Can I need, to, I need to get like, look, uh, yeah, yeah. I need like, one. Yeah, one like that, and pull the thing down. There yeah. you go. Uh, this, Katie, uh, who I'm sure will listen, uh, Google that image and Sean get, get, get Jim. A, is it the facial hair? You, you yeah, it is. It is the facial hair. Get him a Rams uh, t-shirt. All right, uh, recommendations. You got anything for um, this week? Four Roses uh, single barrel. Honestly, it's it's probably one of the best buys in bourbon. Um, not crazy expensive. Super good. Um, I am reading an interesting book, Brian, that I think you might like. Oh, what well, is it? So um, it's, a, it's a book that was written, and I, I'll need to find the other author's name, but it was conceived of by J.J. Abrams and another author. It's called S. S period. Oh, I heard of that. I haven't yeah. read it, but I did hear it. And know so the whole premise is, is that there's this novel called The Ship of Theseus that is written by um, this reclusive author that no one really knows anything about. Um, and that makes up the main book. And okay. then in the margins are comments by two separate students who are reading the book and commenting yes. to each other. Yeah, back I had and heard forth. that. Okay, yes. And I heard that um, was supposed to turn into a multi-platform. I don't know if they decided oh, really? against that. Maybe um, they did. I know. I think there is like an iPad version that um, that like has a little bit more mixed media to it. 
Um, but yeah, I, uh, I'm not so far into it, but it's got a lot of stuff. So when you pull out the book, there are, there are things that it can fall out. There's like articles and stuff that the students have put in there to share with each other. And yeah, they're basically like meeting, meeting in a library every once in a while and, you know, reading the, the notes that the other person wrote and commenting. So it's, it's pretty interesting so far. I like that. All right. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, I have a couple things. Uh, first of all, for a, a, a very good Groundhog Day-esque premise movie, the Day After Tomorrow, Tom Cruise and Emily Blunt. Awesome, awesome movie uh, that really does. Kristen McQuarrie wrote it. Uh, Doug Liman directed. If you've never seen it, it was not a big box office hit at all, but has become a massive like people. It, I think it's a yeah, great. Is, is, great I heard movie. there was a sequel coming. Maybe at some point. they're talking about it, but they don't want to do it unless it's really good because it's really become one of those movies that it's sci-fi good. fans really it's like. Good. Yeah, it, it does well. Uh, I also watched a movie called The Lobster. From uh, Jorgis Lanimus, who did the favorite, wacky. You and Katie should it. watch that with yeah. um, Colin, Colin Farrell. Farrell. Yeah, you yeah. guys should watch it. You and Katie should watch it. Okay, he's wacky. I mean, the fate, but it's really. I think you guys will like. I'll be interested to hear your take yeah. on it. I would hi- and it is on Netflix. So if you have Netflix, it's not long. Well worth checking out. And then finally, I, I started a new book um, by Matthew Riley, who I've uh, mentioned before uh, when we did Raiders of the Raiders of the Lost Ark. Uh, the book is entitled The Three Secret Cities. I think the only three Americans who read Matthew Riley are myself, my father, and Matthew Bentley. Um, so, uh, but uh, he is a, it's a good action adventure and that awesome. those are, and then oh, I also yards, did have yards brawler. I do have sure. one more recommendation. House yes. cup coffee. Um, yes. we, you have we been need... seeing a lot of good stuff on social media. Though. Yeah. And, and I, I guess we can sort of announce that Katie and I are basically investors slash owners yes. of house cup coffee now. There we go. So, um, yeah, I we'll be, don't uh, drink coffee, but if I now. did, I would drink house cup coffee. House cup coffee. Yeah, and maybe I will drink a cup of. coffee I have to say, I've been meaning to send Aileen up some uh, yeah. K cups. So, I love everything about what I see about that company. Yeah. And again, I don't drink coffee, but all the flavors and stuff. If you've not had it, uh, and you're up in this area, and you're inch in the New England area, mm-hmm. if you're listening to me, and you'd be interested, let me know, and I will work with Jim to get you some access to this stuff because everybody who's had it says it's absolutely amazing. All right. Next week, we're going for our first ever com majors, Marvel. Sode. uh, we're doing our first Marvel film, uh, (laughs) black Panther. Yeah. I'm excited about this. I have seen this. I've actually seen this movie twice. Yes. Uh, since it came out. Um, Yeah. I saw it twice in the theater. Um, very excited to do this one. Yeah. I love this. I like this movie a lot. Um, all right. Um, that is it. Uh, you will not be stuck in an endless time loop. Uh, you can move on. We will have a new episode next week. Um, the Super Bowl is coming up. Uh, we'll be back next week with all the entertainment news related to that. Black yeah. Panther. Jim telling us what day he wants to be stuck in an endless loop in. Um, and uh, lots more. Yeah. Sounds good. All right. It's good to talk as always. We will see everybody next time. See you, everybody. Have a good one.